Hello and welcome to Cosmos Science Daily, where journalists the Cosmos Newsroom report on the latest research and discoveries and explain the science behind the headline news. Today's newsroom journalist and science graduate specialising in genetics, immunology and citizen science, Emma Perfetto, is talking to us about dog facial expressions. And I am Dr. Sophie Calabretto, applied mathematician, fluid mechanist and puppy lover. Emma, what is happening with dogs today? Sophie, we're going to talk about dogs and we're going to talk about their beautiful, beautiful, expressive faces. Yes. To start off, I'll just give a little bit of background about dogs and how they came to be in the first place. Tell me about it because I'm pretty sure they used to be wolves and now we did some things to them and they look like pugs. They look beautiful. They Some things might have gone wrong, but they do look gorgeous. So modern domestic dog breeds, Canis familiaris, mm-hmm. and modern grey wolves, Canis lupus, are each other's nearest living relatives. Okay. So they descended directly from a common ancestral wolf ancestor and it's estimated that they diverged genetically sometime between 27,000 and 40,000 years ago. Oh wow, that's like a long time ago. It's pretty it's pretty far back. We know that they were the earliest animal to be domesticated by humans. Okay. While humans were still hunter-gatherers, so this was before the onset of agriculture and agricultural animals. Wow. Though the exact timing and location of the origin of this domestication isn't really it's still debated. It's sure. not definitive. But the earliest generally accepted remains of domestic dogs comes from Germany, dating back about 15,000 years. Wow. And this little dog was seven months old when it died from a viral disease and it was buried with its two humans. Oh, I mean, that is sweet. And also I'd still, you know, let's just like quickly digress. How amazing is science that we know that the dog was seven months old and died from a viral disease? But I love that I love that the little puppy was buried with he its humans. Alone. Yeah, that's nice. So today there are over 400 different dog breeds which are all the result of humans selectively breeding dogs over time yep. for sort of desirable traits. So when you choose certain dogs to mate to produce puppies that sort of meet your desired expectations. Yeah. So the new study that I'm going to be talking about uh, thinks that through selective breeding, humans may have even contributed to dogs' abilities to form facial expressions. Okay, that is amazing. Let's talk about dogs' expressive faces. I love this because I'm pretty sure that um, my family dog, who lives with my mum and dad, frowns at me sometimes when she's unhappy, and so I really need to unpack this. The puppy dog eyes. I can't. can't They are cute though. She definitely does that too. And then sometimes she just looks angry and I don't know what I did to (laughs) wrong Miff so egregiously. Oh, Miff. Yeah, that's her name. (laughs) Yes. So um, according to the authors of the study, uh, who are Professor Anne Burrows and Kaylee Olmsted from the Rango School of Health Sciences at Duquesne University Mm -hmm. in the US, facial expressions uh, play a really important role in the way that dogs and humans interact and communicate. Sure. In their previous research, uh, specifically, they discovered that dogs have an additional facial muscle that contributes to that puppy dog eye that (gasps) I was talking about that isn't actually present in wolves. Oh, they've got a new muscle so they can do puppy dog eyes. Exactly. So it's called the here we go, levator anguli oculi medialis muscle. Perfect. And it lies just above their eyes on the inner side, sort of nearer to the nose, and it allows them to make eyebrow movements. Yeah, wow. And this is what's known as a mimetic muscle, uh, which are muscles in the face that are used to form facial expressions. Yep. 
And this time the researchers wanted to look at them more broadly to sort of understand how dog and wolf faces differ from one, one okay. another. Okay, yep. And they actually found that there is a difference in the amount of what's known as fast and slow twitch uh, muscle fibres in the dog's mimetic muscles compared to wolves. Okay, so can we just unpack the fast and slow twitch muscle fibre? Because I feel like when I hear slow twitch muscle fibre and fast twitch muscle fibre, I think of like sprinters and I just don't know if that is yeah. particularly relevant. What no, what is What are they? That's a good way to think of it. I actually think that sprinters, like really good sprinters, have more fast twitch muscle, uh, yeah, muscle fibres in their like legs, I guess. That, that was my understanding. Yeah, yeah. So in particular, fast twitch muscle fibers are able to contract really quickly, but they also fatigue really quickly uh, as well. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So in humans, for example, your mimetic muscles are primarily made up of these fast twitch muscles, which mm-hmm. are good for making facial expressions, but you can't really hold them for a long time. Like, you know, when you're taking a photo and... Yeah. And you're like, you can't, yeah, you literally can't smile for too long because it makes your face hurt. I never thought about that. It's Mm -hmm. because it's a fast twitch muscle fiber. Mm -hmm. So I can, I can smile really quickly, but I just cannot maintain it. No. And on the other hand, muscles with more slow twitch fibers are more efficient for the sort of long controlled movements. They don't tire as quickly. Sure. For example, like some muscles in your back that are involved in maintaining your posture. Right. Yep. And you've got to do that for a long time. So exactly. we're going to need these slow twitch muscle fibers. Okay, so how did they compare the amounts of fast and slow twitch fibers in dogs and wolves? Yeah, so they had to look at samples of facial muscles uh, yep. from a range of dog, domestic dog breeds and some grey wolves as well. Mm-hmm. In particular, they were looking at samples from the orbicularis oris muscle, which sort of surrounds the mouth and is responsible for, like, the shape and movement of the lips. Okay. And the zygomaticus major muscle, which pulls up the corners of the mouth uh, upwards and rearwards. So sort of like a puppy dog smile. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> we're, we're talking about the little puppy dog smiles that they do. And I swear, sometimes my, my dog is smiling at me. 100% dog smile. Went, yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. So they stained these samples with uh, antibodies that bind to proteins in the muscle fibres so that they could identify the percentages of each fibre type present. Oh, okay, sure. So they found that domestic dogs had more fast-twitch muscle fibres than the wolves, kind of like in humans. Interesting. Uh, Specifically, it was a range of about 66 to 95% fast-twitch muscle fibres versus only about 25% on average in the wolves. Wow, that's hugely different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then on the other hand, your slow-twitch muscle fibres were more prevalent in the wolves, averaging about 29%, whereas dogs only had about 10%. Oh, my God. Okay, so there is like a a proper difference here. What does this actually mean? What does it signify? Well, these fast-twitch muscle fibres are really good for enabling those, you know, raised eyebrows and the short, powerful sort of contractions that are needed for barking in dogs. Okay. Whereas slow-twitch fibres are more important for more extended muscle movements like when wolves howl. Wow. So they think that the differences happened over time because humans may have selectively bred dogs for more of these rapid muscle fibres, these rapid facial movements to be more capable to communicate better with sort of between humans and dogs. Sure. So, you know, inadvertently or on purpose over time, selectively breeding the dogs that were able to, I guess, mimic or 
have facial expressions that were more similar to the humans. So it sort of suggests that having these muscle fibres, these fast-twitch muscle fibres, contributes to their ability to communicate effectively with us. But they say that in the future they want to use more antibody stains that can differentiate between even more muscle fibre types so that they can, you know, shed even more light on the anatomical differences between between wolves and, and dogs and how we may have changed them over the many, many years that, that we've had them around. Yeah, there you go. I'd never thought about that, but that is, yeah, it's really interesting. Essentially, we have either accidentally or on purpose bred dogs that have more similar facial expressions to us to aid in communication. That is crazy. Emma, thank you so much. That was a delightful story. I loved it. And thank you everyone at home for listening. Be sure to keep an ear out for our next installment of Cosmos Science Daily. This podcast was brought to you by Cosmos, a publication of the Royal Institution of Australia. 